I've had the, uh, the privilege and opportunity of, of traveling through Europe f uh, for business uh, purposes and it's uh, been a great trip over the last two weeks uh, for me. I've learned a lot, met a lot of uh, really good people uh, while I was there and um, you know it's nice to go away um, but it's even better to come back home again and uh, be with family and friends and our church friends uh, here this morning. It's so good uh, to come back and be surrounded by people who care for you and, uh, and love you. So, I've been, as I said, I've been away for two weeks, and uh, one of the countries that I visited in those two weeks is Sweden. I went to Stockholm, um, and uh, Stockholm is a really beautiful city. You know, when you travel into Europe, and if you ever have the opportunity, if you haven't done that and you do get an opportunity to travel into Europe, I would suggest that you really um, <laughs> grab that opportunity. It's a great experience, you know, just seeing... Uh, history from a, from a different perspective. Um, Stockholm is a beautiful city. It's uh, been built on 11 islands uh, and it has 57 bridges that connect those 11 islands. So if you can imagine a city that's been built on 11 different land masses and connected by these bridges. It's a beautiful city. Um, the people there are super friendly and they're super helpful as well. As soon as you start speaking to them, uh, and one thing that struck me about people there is, is that their command of the English language is very, very good. Uh, they've made a decision many years ago to introduce uh, English into their schooling system at a very young age. So uh, anyone that you speak to in English language, they can change immediately. And as I said, they're really super helpful uh, and super friendly people. I really enjoyed that part of the trip. Uh, traveling around Sweden. I then did a quick uh, flight between Sweden and Frankfurt and I spent uh, three or four days in Germany as well uh, visiting one of our other plants and um, that's an interesting experience as well going to Germany um, uh, because um, I don't know how this happened but they drive on the wrong side of the road and you sit in the wrong side of the car right and uh, I had to drive uh, from Frankfurt to another city called Hereford and that was about three and a half hours uh, on the freeway so uh, the Hertz car hire place gave me this car and I got in and stuck Google on and thank goodness for Google Maps um, who can direct you so I got onto the uh, onto the freeway between Frankfurt and Hereford now the interesting about Germany is is in the Autobahn uh, is is that um, I saw there was three different speed limits one was 100, 120, and then there was another 130, right? So you're sitting in the wrong side of the car, driving on the wrong side of the road. The far right-hand lane is now the slow lane, and that's just packed with heavy trucks. I forgot, and I've been in Germany before, but one of the things I forgot about the roads in Germany is, is that um, there are so many heavy articulated vehicles, uh, big trucks that travel on this freeway, and they're in the right-hand slow lane, and they travel at 80 kilometers an hour. So one is, is you don't want to get caught between those trucks and you don't really want to travel at 80 kilometers an hour. So you move into the middle lane and you go from 80 kilometers an hour to the speed zone that you're actually in. So you could go 100 kilometers, 120 and 130. And then I noticed the sign as you leave that speed limit, it's actually got the speed limit there and let's call it 120 kilometers an hour. And then it's got these red lines through it, diagonally across. I thought, that's interesting. I wonder what the speed limit is now. And then I found out very quickly that there isn't any speed limit. You can travel as quick and as fast as you like. Now, Hertz 
in their wisdom, gave me a brand new 3 Series uh, BMW, turbocharged. <laughs> so I was in the middle lane and I looked at the odometer in front of me and it said that you could do 260 kilometers an hour. So I thought, well, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. So I tapped the accelerator, and within a few seconds, I was doing 200 kilometers an hour. When my eyes told, told my brain that I'm doing 200 kilometers an hour, my brain was like going, oh, what are you doing, you know? At that point, I heard the door open, and Jesus got out of the car. <laughs> and then I looked in the rearview mirror, and all I could see was the sign of this Audi behind me. There was no space between me and this car behind me. And he just gave me a single flash, and they kind of move across into this dead man's lane at the end of the freeway on the, on the left-hand side, which is the fast lane, saying, hey, I want to get past you. So I looked at Google Maps very quickly, and it said I had about 50 kilometers to go before I had to turn off. And you always turn off to the right. It's never to the left. It's always to the right. So I thought, oh, I better get into the, into the middle lane again. And I got into the middle lane without changing 200 kilometers an hour. And then this car just came flying by me. Bam! And then another car came flying by me, bam, and it looked like I was looking for a parking space. This is how fast these guys were going, you know? So um, I never took the car over 200 kilometers an hour, right? But I just wanted to get that sensation, you know? But um, I, I thought better of it. But I did go a little bit faster than that because a colleague to took me uh, between two villages on the freeway, and he asked me if I'd ever been above 200 kilometers an hour, and I said, no, we don't live in a country that allows you to do that, you know. So he took me up to about 250, and that was another experience, you know. Jesus was still not in the car, he'd left the car. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting experience, um, you know, of just being in different countries and, and I guess doing different things, and I really enjoyed that. But it's really, really good to be back here this morning um, after a, a long flight. Uh, it's about a 25-hour flight to get from where I was to uh, back to Auckland. But it's really good uh, to be here and to see your smiling faces and welcome here this morning. The message that I would like to share with you this morning is really a message of encouragement to you and I. And it's entitled, You Are Called to Become God's Plan and Purpose for You. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have of being here this morning, Lord. And I pray that uh, through the message, through your message, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts and our minds and that you would encourage our hearts and our minds this morning, Lord as we get focused on your plan and your purpose for each and every one of us. Thank you for that privilege that you've given us. In your name, amen. I just also wanted to thank Ben and the Backstreet Boys this morning. Did you see there was no, there was no girls up here? Right? And even Amy, my little granddaughter, said to me, she whispered to me, she said, Hey, Grandpa, there's no girls on the stage. I said, no, it's just the boys uh, this morning. So she was very attentive and she picked up on that. But we've had a really, a really good time of worship uh, this morning. Before I get into this whole topic of understanding God's plan and purpose for each and every one of us, um, I just wanted to remind you of two other things that we as God's children are called to do. One is, is we are called to be loved. So this is just a little bit of a background as we get into the message this morning. 
We are called to be loved. John 3 verse 16 and 17 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. And I just want you to keep that fresh in your mind as we, as we go and look at a few number of other verses this morning, but to, just as a reminder to you that you are loved and you are loved so specially by God, so much that He sent His Son Jesus to earth to die for you and I on that cross. And that after the third day, we know that He conquered death and He conquered sin and he was raised to life again. So you are called to be loved. The second thing that I want you to remind you about is, is you are called to belong. I don't think this is in your, uh, these verses might not be in your notes this morning, so hopefully they uh, are coming up. So you are called to belong. Ephesians 2 verse 19 says this, So now you are not visitors or strangers. Now you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. Isn't that a wonderful promise? That as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we accept that unconditional love which He extends to us, His grace that He extends to us, we become part of God's family. And that is because God called us to belong to His family. We are no longer visitors or strangers, but we are citizens together with God's holy people. So in the background of that, the reminder to each and every one of us as we sit here this morning, we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We've got different personalities. Um, and we've got different gifts and talents. The reminder that I'd like to leave you at this point is, is that we are not saved to soak, but we are saved to serve. The first point is, is in order to be saved to serve, you are called to become like Christ. Romans 8 verse 29 tells us God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like His Son so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You know, I guess as you look back on your life uh, as a young person growing up to where you are today, I wonder what your dreams and aspirations were when you were younger. Maybe you had an aspiration to become a famous sports person. Or maybe you had an aspiration to become a, an important business person or an important artist or a, an important musician. And as you sit here today, maybe with a smile on your face, thinking about some of those aspirations that you had back then and to where you are today. And maybe there was a, there's a gap between that. 
maybe you haven't been able to fulfill that aspiration that you had. And that would be pretty much most of us here today. I think when I was a kid growing up, I had an aspiration to uh, become an astronaut. There were no rockets in South Africa in those days, so I had no idea of how I was going to become an astronaut, but I wanted to become an astronaut. But you know, folk, there's something that we really need to know and be very sure of today. As a child of God, He wants you and every one of you here, He wants you and I to become something significant as part of His plan and His purpose for you. Let me repeat that again. God has something significant for you to do. He wants you to become like someone significant. And when I say that, I don't mean God wants us to become God-like. But He wants us to become like someone significant, His Son, Jesus. God wants us to take on the characteristics of Jesus. Who is loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, self-controlled, and gentle. You may recognize uh, some of these as being the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. You might be saying, well, yes, that's, that's easy, but will something like that happen overnight? Absolutely not. Will it be easy? Certainly not. We know as we look at our characters and you, you, know, you think, well, I'm, maybe I'm not that self-controlled. I lose my temper very easy. I'm not always a loving kind of person. I'm not always kind to others. I'm certainly not patient. But the important thing about this is, is that as God is working to develop us into something significant, this is a process that we're working on each and every day. Some areas of our life, God takes the time and effort to chip off those sharp, rough edges in our personality and in our character. And He works on those a little bit longer than what he would, we would expect Him to. But in order to shape us into the character of Jesus, sometimes this is a painful experience that we have to go through. But in order for us to become significant as part of God's plan and purpose, He wants us to become like His Son, Jesus. The good news is we will get there because the Apostle Paul says this. Philippians 1 verse 6, he says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So God starts the good work in us, and he is faithful to finish that good work in us. And when will that happen? When Jesus returns. We're welcomed into his home. 
But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the next time when you think about the fruits of the Spirit and you think about those character traits, just remind yourself as well about how far you've actually become, how far in that journey you've actually got, and what you can look forward to as you and God walk together in His plan and His purpose. Let that be an encouragement to you, not about how far away you are, but how far you've actually traveled on that journey. The second point is, is that you need to find your unique value as part of the body of Christ. Find your unique value as part of the body of Christ. Just as there are many parts of your, our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. As we are working towards that significance of what Christ wants us to do as part of his plan, the perfect place to get involved with that is in his church, right here where we are. We are all part of the body of Christ. And we will discover, if we allow uh, Jesus to show us, if we allow God to show us, we'll discover our niche, which is how we matter in his work. So the body of Christ, and you can just make some notes around this, the body of Christ is made up of different parts. This is called variety. We're all needed to make the body complete. The church needs all of us. Let me just say this again. Just understand this very clearly. Just soak in this. Just think a little bit about this. You have a unique gift and talent that God has created within you. And he wants the opportunity of outworking his plan and his purpose with you and the person next to you. We all have work to do. We all have different roles and ministries. We belong to each other. Each of us needs the rest of us. And this is called collaboration. There is a saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go long, go together. Inside the body of Christ, inside his church, we can, as a team, achieve so much more than what we could ever achieve on our own. So we're here together. The third point that I want to leave with you this morning is, is to be productive, 
you must be connected. A branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the Bible uses the vineyard as a picture of the church. It's really a metaphor describing how the church family helps you grow like fruit on a tree or grapes on a vine. I really have a cool job. Um, I work for an American company that's called Xylem, and you spell it X-Y-L-E-M. Xylem. Now, the word xylem has its origins in the Greek language. It actually comes from a Greek word. And what it is, and how cool is this that God created plants and trees like that? Xylem is that channel inside a plant that is responsible for transporting the nutrients out of the root of a plant and transporting it into the branches. God is your xylem. He is that channel within you that transports the nutrients. When Every time when you pick up his word, you have your quiet time, you delve into God's word. He wants to take the nutrients, the proteins, the vitamins that come from his word, and he wants to transport them and transfer them through your life. So that as a branch connected to that vine, you are a vital part of his plan and his purpose. Fruitfulness in scripture uh, revolves around being productive. No one in life really wants their life to be unproductive. We want our lives to count, to be productive, we must be connected. God has all kinds of fruit he wants you to bear in your lifetime. But your calling will not happen until you're connected in God's family in his church. If you really want, to, uh, want the life God created you to live, you will need God's power to live on. You will need people to live with. You will need God's principles to live by. And you will need the plan, God's plan to live out. And God's purpose to live for. God created his church to meet all those needs. I don't think that you will meet those needs anywhere else other than in the family of God's church. Sometimes getting connected means taking that first step or two steps and being uncomfortable at it. I want to encourage you today to take that initiative. Take those one or two steps out and test those gifts and talents that God has given to you. It's not always the easiest thing to do, but it is one of the most important things 
you will do with your life. I want to encourage you today. It's time. It's time for you to get plugged in. It's time for you to get connected. If you're not already connected into the family here today, let's find a way together of getting you plugged in and getting you connected and getting you involved. What's the next step for you and for me? Is it finding out more about baptism? Is it taking that next base class or your first base class? And Grant reminded us of that uh, in the notices. Next Sunday we have class 101 which is uh, that initial class that we have in New Hope about getting to understand who New Hope uh, is all about, how we were started, and what our, um, what our aim is as we outwork God's plan and His purpose. Do you need to get involved in a small group? Right at the back there is a board with all the small group leaders' names on it, their um, homes, what day they start. Can I encourage you, if you're not connected into a small group, take an opportunity, go up to that board, call somebody, take those first one or two steps. So just as I close this morning, what's the call to action that you and I need to take to make this happen? What needs to happen and what needs to change? Hebrews 12 verse 1 talks about running the race and shedding or discarding anything that slows us down. Is there a possibility that you need to have a look at what's going on in your life and understanding is what you're doing worth your time and attention? Or is God challenging your heart and your mind this morning to maybe discard a few things. And they might be good things as well, but they're not good things that God wants you to be involved in. They're slowing you down. They're slowing me down. They're becoming a distraction to us. What is it that we need to set aside so we can focus on God's plan and His purpose? You are called to become like Christ. We need to find our unique value as part of the body of Christ. And to be productive, we must be connected. Connected to God and His vine and connected to each other. Because here's an important thing. As much as what God wants to work out, the result of the plan and purpose, the final goal of His plan and purpose for you, God is just as interested in that as what He is in you and I collaborating with each other, creating relationship with each other, and working with each other as a team on the field of activity, outworking that unique talent and gift that you have. Paul again says this in closing. 
Philippians 3 verse 14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul made that positive, firm decision to focus, irrespective of what was going on around him, with all the distractions, with all the resistance that he was facing, he made an absolute decision that he was going to focus on the goal and win the prize which God had called him heavenward. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning for that privilege of being a part of your family. Lord, as we look around us this morning, we see brothers and sisters created so uniquely different. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege that we have of coming here to this building every Sunday to give you all the glory and honor that you deserve. Thank you, Lord, that you have called each and every one of us here and that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Lord, may it be our absolute first priority to become like you, to ask you to reveal to us what that unique gift and talent is that we have. And Lord, show us how we can be connected in your family. Challenge our hearts, Lord. Challenge our minds to put you absolutely first and to throw off any distraction that will prevent us or slow us down from running your race. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you want to complete this work in us. That you not only started, that you continue in it with us day by day. And that your aim is to complete that work in us when Jesus returns. We ask this in your name.